Please open your Bibles to John chapter 20. Last week, we finished verses 1 through 16 of John chapter 20, and we talked about a group of women that were very faithful followers of Jesus Christ. One woman in particular that we talked quite a bit about last week was Mary Magdalene, and we saw just how deep Mary's love was for the Lord Jesus. To me, she is a powerful example of a woman of God that was set free by a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. We also did a small synoptic study of the four Gospels in regards to the resurrection. But today, we'll move on in our study of the Gospel of John and attempt to finish up chapter 20. And as we often do, let's go back and review what we studied last week. We'll just go ahead and and, uh, read over some of the verses that we studied. So let's just go ahead and uh, start reading in verse 1. So John chapter 20, verse 1. Now, on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb early while it was still dark and saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. Then she ran and came to Simon Peter and to the other disciple whom Jesus loved and said to them, They have taken away the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. Peter therefore went out and the other disciple and were going to the tomb. So they both ran together. And the other disciple outran Peter and came to the tomb first. And he, stooping down and looking in, saw the linen cloths lying there, yet he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came following him and went into the tomb and saw the linen cloths lying there and the handkerchief that had been around his head, not lying with the linen linen cloths, but folded together in a place by itself. Then the other disciple who came to the tomb first, went in also, and he saw and believed. For as yet they did not know the scripture that he must rise again from the dead. Then the disciples went away again to their own homes. But Mary stood outside by the tomb weeping, and as she wept, she stooped down and looked into the tomb. And she saw two angels in white sitting, one at the head and the other at the feet where the body of Jesus had lain. Then they said to her, Woman, Why are you weeping? She said to them, Because they have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. Now when she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, and did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? She, supposing him to be the gardener, said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him, Rabboni, which is to say, teacher. Now, beginning our verses for today, verse 17, Jesus said to her, Do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to my Father, but go to my brethren and say to them that I am ascending to my Father and your Father, and to my God and your God. So as we discussed last week, Jesus speaks Mary's name, and she is totally astounded by his presence. She says, Rabboni, and then she latches on to him. She's probably clinging so tightly to her Lord in a way that seems as if she'll never let go. In this, I think Mary, again, is a wonderful example for you and me. I can just picture Jesus here, smiling and laughing as Mary clings to him, 
as joyful as Mary is here about seeing Jesus, knowing his character, as we've seen in the Gospel of John, Jesus is probably equally as thrilled that Mary is now rejoicing over his presence. But here's Mary clinging on to Jesus. And what does that tell us? Well, for one, it tells us that he wasn't a spirit. He had a physical body after his resurrection. Mary wasn't clinging on to the air here. But we'll see as we go on that this new body that Jesus had, uh, this, excuse me, this resurrected body that Jesus had was, was able to appear and disappear and walk through walls. And we're going to see that as we go on. But also here in verse 17, we see that Jesus sends Mary off with a message. You see, Mary Magdalene was the first missionary sent out by Jesus himself after his resurrection. Jesus sent Mary with a message, and he said to her, Go to my brethren and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, and to my God and your God. Now, an interesting thing in regards to Jesus sending Mary out here is that the Jewish rabbis in that day taught in accordance with their law that it is better that the words of the law be burned rather than to be entrusted to a woman. That's what the Jewish rabbis of that day taught. It is better that the words of the law be burned than to be entrusted to a woman. But here again we see that Jesus was not that way. I brought up the verse last week, but when it comes to where we are spiritually in Christ, there is neither male nor female. We are all equal in His eyes where we stand spiritually with Him. Now, we can do other biblical studies about the roles of males and females and the roles of husbands and wives. And there are different roles for us. But when it comes to our spiritual position in Christ, all of us are on equal ground. So here's Mary with a mission. But before we move away from verse 17, there's something else that we see here. Jesus told Mary, go to my brethren and say to them, I am ascending to my father and your father and to my God and your God. You see, there's a, a clear distinction here in these words of Jesus. And the distinction is found in the fact that he is ascending and the rest of them will be staying behind. He's going back to the father where he came from. He entered the world as a baby just like everyone else, but he left the world as our victorious, risen Lord and Savior. And because of the shed blood of Jesus, like we talked about last week, we have been redeemed to be children of God. Jesus already was a child of God and therefore able to redeem us, but we would not be children of God if not for the finished work of Jesus. Without Jesus, we would still be children of wrath. We would still be under sin. 
Let's just briefly turn to Ephesians chapter 2. You'll find the book of Ephesians in the New Testament here. It's to the right of the Gospel of John. After 2 Corinthians, you'll find Galatians and then Ephesians. Okay? So uh, here again, if you need to, turn to the front of your Bible to the contents and find the page number and go ahead and look up Ephesians. And we're going to look at Ephesians chapter 2. And I'm going to go ahead and read through verses um, 1 through 10. So Ephesians chapter 2, beginning in verse 1, it says, And you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as the others. But God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved, and raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. You see, because of sin, Every person is born separated from a relationship with God, their Creator. By nature, we are children of wrath. But because of God's mercy, as it says in verse 4 there, and because of His great love, He has, through our faith in Jesus Christ, made us spiritually alive. We've been born again. And we are now His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works. Okay, But it all starts with coming to Jesus. That's where salvation is. You don't earn your way to salvation. You don't work your way to salvation. You come by faith to salvation in Jesus Christ. And then from there, God has good works prepared for you to do. And now we need to cling on to Jesus and never let go. Turning back to John chapter 20. Jesus tells Mary, let go of me. I've not yet ascended. I'm still going to be here for a little while, he's saying to her, okay? He says, now go tell everyone else this good news. So that was Mary's job at this point. Jesus is still here, and he hasn't ascended yet. And you know, for you and me today as followers of Jesus, the message is that Jesus has not returned yet. 
And we need to get busy telling people about the reason he came the first time. You see, the message of Jesus coming again will mean nothing to you if you don't understand why he came the first time. Mary had now the He is risen message to go and deliver. We have the He loves you, He died for you, He rose again for you message to deliver. You see, once someone gets that message and is born again, then the He's coming again message will mean so much more to them. Let's look at verse 18. Mary Magdalene came and told the disciples that she had seen the Lord and that he had spoken these things to her. Here again, not only is Mary a wonderful example of someone that loves the Lord, but she is also an obedient woman that did exactly what her Lord told her to do. Another great example for you and me. Now, what happens after Mary delivers this message? Well, Let's get Mark's account of what has taken place here. Turn in your Bibles to Mark chapter 16. Mark is uh, two books to the left of the Gospel of John. You got Matthew, then Mark, then Luke. So right between Matthew and Luke, Mark chapter 16 is what you're looking for. And uh, let's start reading in verse 9. Now, when he rose early on the first day of the week, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene, out of whom he had cast seven demons. She went and told those who had been with him, and they mourned and wept. And when they heard that he was alive and had been seen by her, they did not believe. So here they are, it says in verse 10, as they mourned and wept, they were mourning and weeping. Their Savior the one they've followed for three years, their Lord, he's gone, he's dead. But once, verse 11 says, once they heard that he was alive and had been seen by her, what happened? They did not believe. So you see, even the first missionary with the resurrection news had her message rejected. And not only that, it was rejected by those that knew and followed Jesus for three years. Think about that. They'd been following Jesus around for three years, and here Mary brings them this wonderful news. They don't believe it. Now, while Mary is delivering this message, and it's being rejected, Jesus is off appearing to two other followers of his, two other disciples. Go ahead and look at um, verse 12 here. It says, After that, he appeared in another form to two of them as they walked and went into the country. And they went and told it to the rest, but they did not believe them either. Now, the Gospel of Luke records the full story of this encounter here. So let's go ahead and turn there. Turn to Luke chapter 24. One book to the right of Mark. Luke chapter 24, and I'm going to read a lot of verses here. So again, follow along. Um, We're going to start in verse 
13, but we're going to look at this story where Jesus is off appearing to these two other followers of his, okay? So beginning in verse 13 of Luke 24. Now behold, two of them were traveling that same day to a village called Emmaus, which was seven miles from Jerusalem. And they talked together of all these things which had happened. So it was, while they conversed and reasoned, that Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were restrained, so they, they did not know him. And he said to them, What kind of conversation is this that you have with one another as you walk and are sad? Then the one whose name was Cleopas answered and said to him, Are you the only stranger in Jerusalem? And have you not known the things which happened there in these days? And he said to them, What things? So they said to him, The things concerning Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet, mighty indeed in word before God and all the people, and how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we were hoping that it was he who was going to redeem Israel. Indeed, besides all this, today is the third day since these things happened. Yes, and certain women of our company who arrived at the tomb early astonished us when they did not find his body. They came saying that he had also, uh, that they had also seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. And certain of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but him they did not see. Then he said to them, O foolish ones, and slow of heart to believe in all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not the Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. Then they drew near to the village where they were going, and he indicated that he would have gone farther. But they constrained him, saying, Abide with us, for it's toward evening, and the day is far spent. And he went in to stay with them. Now it came to pass, as he sat at the table with them, that he took bread blessed and broke it and gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened and they knew him and he vanished from their sight. And they said to one another, did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us on the road and while he opened the scriptures to us? So they rose up that very hour and returned to Jerusalem and found the eleven and those who were with them gathered together, saying, The Lord is risen indeed and has appeared to Simon. And they have told about the things that uh, that had happened on the road and how he was known to them in the breaking of bread. Now, keep your finger right here in Luke chapter 24, but turn back to John chapter 20. What I want to do here is combine both Luke and John's account of what has now taken place. Okay, John chapter 20, like I said, keep Luke 24 marked. In John chapter 20, verse 19, it says, Then the same day at evening, okay, I want to pause right there because, you see, after Jesus appeared to Mary Magdalene, and sent her on, um, and, and sent her on her way. He then went and appeared to the two other on the road, and then in the evening he appeared to the disciples that were hiding out in fear. Verse uh, nineteen continues here. Being the first day of the week, 
when the doors were shut where the disciples were assembled. For fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in the midst and said to them, Peace be with you. When he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. Now, again, keep your finger here and go ahead and turn back to Luke 24. Luke's going to report the same thing here with a little more detail. Okay, Verse 36 of Luke chapter 24, it says, Now, as they said these things, Jesus himself stood in the midst of them and said to them, Peace to you. But they were terrified and frightened and supposed that they had seen a spirit. And he said to them, Why are you troubled? And why do doubts arise in your hearts? Behold my hands and my feet that... It is I myself. Handle me and see, for a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see I have. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. But while they still did not believe for joy and marveled, he said to them, Have you any food here? So they gave him a piece of broiled fish and some honeycomb. And he took it and ate in their presence. Then he said to them, These are the words which I spoke to you while I was still with you, that all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms concerning me. And he opened their understanding that they might comprehend the scriptures. Then he said to them, Thus it is written, and thus it was necessary for the Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance... And remission of sins should be preached in his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. And you are witnesses of these things. Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. Now go ahead and flip back to John's account of this story again. John chapter 20, verse 21. So Jesus said to them again, Peace to you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. Okay. Now this is where the Holy Spirit came into the disciples of Jesus. But the Holy Spirit has not yet come upon them. Because this doesn't happen till they are all gathered in an upper room in Jerusalem. And we'll see that when we get to Acts chapter 2. But Jesus continues on here in verse 23 and says, If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. Now, this verse can be a very difficult verse to understand if not read in its context. You see, if we let this verse stand alone, then we can assume that the disciples had the power to forgive sin. And that is simply not the case. Jesus said in John 3.36, That he who believes in the Son has everlasting life. 
And he who does not believe the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abides on him. The only way to have our sins forgiven is by believing in Jesus Christ. Salvation is by God's grace, but it is appropriated in our lives by our faith in Jesus. The scriptural backing for what I just said, we read earlier in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8, which says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Mankind does not have the power to forgive sin. In order to see verse 23 here in its context, it must be interpreted or read along with, if you will, verses 21 and 22. Let's read those two verses again. Verse 21. So Jesus said to them again, Peace to you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. So you see there in verse 21, Jesus says, As the Father has sent me, I also send you. Jesus is telling the disciples here that the same message that he came into the world to proclaim, they will now go proclaim. And what again is that message? That he who believes in the Son has everlasting life. And he who does not believe in the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abides on him. So salvation and forgiveness of sin All is centered in believing in or placing your faith in Jesus Christ. Okay? That's the only way. Believing in or you could call it placing your faith in Jesus Christ. And the disciples of Jesus were simply going to go and proclaim the message of salvation in Jesus. And we will see in the book of Acts that that is exactly what they did. Now, moving on to verse 24, it says... Now Thomas, called the twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. The other disciples therefore said to him, We have seen the Lord. So he said to them, Unless I see in his hands the prints of the nails, and put my finger into the print of the nails, and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. Now you know, that's where the phrase doubting Thomas comes from, right? Verse 26, and after eight days, his disciples were again inside and Thomas with them. Jesus came, the doors being shut and stood in the midst and said, peace to you. So you see, the disciples weren't out preaching in the streets yet, were they? And that's because the power of the Holy Spirit had not yet come upon them. They had received the Holy Spirit within them, but they were not yet endued with power from on high. Go ahead and turn up a few pages to Acts chapter 1. We're going to begin a study uh, through, the back, uh, through the book of Acts in the next uh, few weeks or so. So Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Jesus says, But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has what? Come upon you. And then what happens? And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, in all Judea, 
and Samaria and to the end of the earth. You see, at that point there, the disciples will hit the street preaching. But where we are now in John chapter 20, you can go ahead and turn back there. But where we are in our study of John chapter 20, the disciples are still hiding out in a room somewhere. Okay, so the doors were all shut and Jesus appears in the room with them. This time Thomas is present when Jesus shows up. And verse 27 says, then he said to Thomas, reach your finger here and look at my hands and reach your hand here and put it into my side. Do not be unbelieving, but believing. What I love most about this verse is that Jesus met Thomas right where he was. In other words, Thomas had doubt. He had unbelief. You know, he goes down in history now forever as doubting Thomas. But Jesus met him in the midst of his doubt and unbelief. And you know, the love of Jesus is bigger than all of your doubts, all of your fears, all of your pain, all of your suffering, and he will meet you where you are if you'll just show up and allow him to. If you'll just reach out to touch him, he's there. And now you see, Thomas here would forever be changed. And verse 28 says, And Thomas answered and said to him, My Lord, and my God. So Thomas worshiped Jesus here as God. And why is that? Because Jesus is God. Jesus didn't rebuke Thomas here and tell him that he was not God. He accepted Thomas's worship of him and went on to say to Thomas in verse 29, Thomas, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Hmm. You know what? You and I today are among those blessed people. We have not seen Jesus with our eyes and yet we believe. If indeed that's where you are. Jesus calls that person that has faith in him, believing without seeing him. Jesus calls that person blessed. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6 says, But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. You see, faith is so simple and yet so powerful. Faith is the opposite of doubt. And Jesus wanted us forever to know that it's better to not see and believe than it is to see and believe. Everything we do as followers of Christ today, we do by faith. When we gather like this to, to study our Bible, we do so believing in the one we are studying about. When we pray, we do so believing that our prayers are being heard. 
2 Corinthians 5, 7 says, For we walk by faith, not by sight. Hebrews chapter 11 is a whole chapter devoted to the topic of people of faith. And you see, that's the walk that God has called us to, a walk of faith. And He's given to each one of us a measure of faith that we can come to salvation in Jesus Christ. But we come by choice. By choice. We don't, we don't come being forced to do so. You don't have to place your faith in Jesus. You can do something else with your faith. But there's no other way to heaven. There's no other way to an eternity in God's presence but through faith in Jesus Christ. As we continue on here, verse 30 of John chapter 20. And truly, Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. Wow. You know, God didn't tell us to just have faith with absolutely no evidence. Instead, he gave us his word to read it, to believe it. He wants us to believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. You see, there is an abundant spiritual life in one name and one name only, and that is the name of Jesus Christ. He came. He bled. He died. He rose again. He ascended into heaven, and He is coming again. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Place your faith completely in Him. Trust in Him with your whole heart. He loves you. He died for you. He wants you to know Him. Continue to study the Word of God. Continue to grow in the grace and in the knowledge of Him. God bless. Thanks for listening. And uh, remember, we're always here. Contact us if you need any prayer. Uh, aloveoutreach.com is our website. Info at aloveoutreach.com is our email address. We love hearing from you. God bless. We'll see you next time.